Shelly Markley Podcast. Hi, Sean. Thanks for joining me on the Jelly Marketing Podcast. Uh, thanks very much for having me. Sean is the founder and principal at Forge and & Smith. And ever since I was first introduced to your company a few years ago, I always just loved your your logo and your and the name of your company. It's really catchy. Maybe we, you could start out by just telling us how you, you came up with the name and your own branding. Yeah, well, uh, so I've been a graphic designer for uh, 20 years. It's kind of an interesting... Uh, year for me. This was my 20th year as a designer, my 10th year in the web industry. Uh, it's my 40th year of life and the company's fifth year of existing. So uh, <laughs> lots of milestones. But um, so I grew up in a, a carpenter family. So I, I grew up around a lot of craftsmanship. Um, you know, I learned how to use um, saws and tools and rasps and planes when I was a, um, you know, knee high to a grasshopper. And um, but, you know, as a child of the 80s and early 90s, uh, when desktop publishing and, and computers, personal computers were, were exploding into the scene, um, that, was where, that was where all of the um, opportunity was. Um, and I don't regret it, but, um, you know, designing newspaper ads and logos and, and flyers and brochures and stuff like that always felt very flat. So um, when I... Uh, discovered web development uh, after I listened to a shouted, heated argument between um, table-based layouts and CSS uh, versus CSS, um, I decided to teach myself how to program, and and through that process, um, finally found a way of marrying my love of design with my love of building. And so when I established, I wanted to create a when I was coming up with a name for the agency, I, I wanted something that was really based on this idea of of, of modern day craftsmanship. Um, you know, doing a good job for the sake of doing it well. Uh, really focus on making something of value to the to the to the company that's using it. Um, and so, one of my my favorite images is that of a of a blacksmith. And so. Um, uh, playing around with different combinations of names, I unintentionally went a, a little hipster with it. I was a little ahead of the curve, um, <laughs> I promise. Uh, and and just looking for um, URLs that I that that were available, and I landed on the the Forge and Smith um, uh, combination. And I, I worked with a topography designer friend of mine to um, come up with this custom variation off of a kind of an old timey font typeface. Yeah. Cool. And I noticed on your website and on LinkedIn that you call it's interesting you brought up the uh, all those different milestones. You call yourself a, a survivor, a 20-year survivor. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> of the web yeah. development industry. Do you do you feel like a survivor or why do you call yourself a survivor? Um well, I mean, it's, I think anybody that's that's tried to establish a career in in marketing or design or uh, production in any way, um you know, there's a lot of competition. Uh, Takes a lot of a lot of hard work, a lot of paying your dues, um, and you know you know the process of of creating things and and putting them up for review and critique. Uh, you know you eventually learn not to be precious about stuff. So you know it, it's been a, a process of 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 learning to adapt and 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 exceed and 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 be successful in a in a in a, a tough competitive industry that uh, that changes a lot. So yeah, I, I feel a little like a survivor. 
and you've been able to work with some pretty cool brands. I see you uh, help JJ Bean develop their website, one of my favorites. They're they're friends of mine. And, oh, cool. Uh, yeah. So they they're very brand conscious. It must have been a great a fun project to to put their website together. Yeah, it was fun, and we've actually uh, touched their site uh, many times over the last three years since we started that one. So, um, yeah, they were, uh, they were, uh, I think, one of our, our first kind of recognizable brands that we worked with once we started the agency. So they were, they were a lot of fun to work with, for sure. So I also see you went to school at the, is it the University College of the Fraser Valley? Is, am, I, am I saying that right? That's when I went to it, back in 94, <laughs> 95, and... Did you take anything design or marketing related, or what did you take? I, did. I took a, a two-year diploma program in, in, in graphic design and communication. So, cool. Yeah. That's where yeah. you kind of kind of got your start, and then you. you yeah, got- that's where I. Uh, well, yeah, we we they just moved to a Macintosh environment. Uh, they were very excited about Photoshop too. Cork Express was still the de facto uh, public uh, publishing uh, platform to use, and InDesign wasn't even an Apple and in Adobe's eye at that point. Did you go from university into and, and working for another company or did you start something out on your own right away? No, I, I um, like I said, it was it was really tough to get your foot in there. I had put myself through uh, college um, as a waiter, so uh, it took a little while for, for me to make the make the jump and wean myself off of the, uh, the great tips. Uh, the great tips, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I took a big pay cut. Uh, so yeah, my, my first design job was with a, um, a signage company called Signs Now. I didn't last very long there. I think I was there four months. He, the owner of that company was late paying me like three times, so I decided it wasn't a great place to be. And I interviewed for a, what was called a box builder position with Future Shop. This was before Best Buy. So uh, I got that job, um, and I started building, called them uh, boxes. So you took... Um, a product image, its name, SKU number, the bullet points, and all that sort of stuff. And you created this Quark Express file they called a box. And then they, the other um, desktop publishers would use those boxes to build the flyers. And then from there, I moved through, you know, through the ranks into um, flyer design and then to art director. And then I was the uh, national signage supervisor for about four years, um, working on all the big signage needs for new stores and. Yeah, and eventually I popped out into uh, getting back to my roots with design. I worked for a couple of agencies doing um, pre-production, uh, layout design, graphic design, uh, brand design, all that sort of stuff. And then uh, right around that time, I discovered uh, web development and, and essentially sort of freelance from there um, with a, a few good partners and sort of built built Forge and Smith out of out of that career. Do you remember the moment when you decided, hey, maybe I might just go out on my own and start my own company? Yeah, I was acting as creative director for a small web studio based out of New Jersey, uh, and I was doing some of my own little work on the side. I'd, I'd always done little free charity jobs on the side just to just to keep learning um, in a in a low stress circumstance where somebody wasn't actually paying me for it. The owner of that company sold it to the owner of another company who was way too American for me. And uh, you know, he wanted me to be available at all times. Uh, he wanted me to be, I had to work weekends. Like I, I had small kids, I wasn't interested. So yeah, it was in that moment I decided that I had, I had enough proof of concept 
and I felt comfortable I could make a go of it. And, and uh, I figured worst case scenario, I just get a job somewhere else. So yeah, I gave it a try. We, my wife and I gave us uh, gave me six months um, to figure it out. But at the previous job, I had helped with a lot of pitches and sales, so I had kind of cut my teeth a little bit on what that process looked like. So yeah, and, and it, it worked out. Uh, Craigslist was my friend for a long time. <laughs> well, that's an interesting dynamic. I, I, how much of your time now is spent in just running the company, and do you still get a chance to design and be strategic, or what, what's the mix like for you? It is extremely sad, but I have essentially created a glorified sales position for myself. <laughs> it's kind of what happens when you start your own company, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you know, my, my day-to-day functions um, are, are largely um, business development sales related. I always say I don't really have a sales process. I, I spend most of my time just talking to, you know, marketing reps or um, business owners and just getting an understanding of their current issues are, what their goals are, and, and what kind of solution would make the most sense for them. So I enjoy that kind of process, that, that problem solving and creating solutions. But I do also act uh, as the project manager um, for the work that we do. So, you know, over the years of building the agency, I, I slowly gave up one kind of work and moved on to the next, and then gave up that work and moved on to the next. So I don't actively uh, design, but I do participate in the design process, so I, I still I still feel like I've got my fingers in it. Um, it's more of a strategic director uh, position, and working with the team and helping them develop and kind of mentoring and teaching them how to interact with clients and support them and help them through processes and things like that is is just as rewarding, just in a different way. Yeah, it's, you, you mentioned something interesting because I, I I have found this too. I think marketing sales is is actually quite fun. Like it's unlike any other kind of sales that I've ever had to do because you you really are just visiting with people, finding out what their needs are, and how you you it's sort of it's really solutions based yeah. selling, isn't it? It's it's an, yeah. it's actually an enjoyable process. I think I don't. I actually have never minded. I, I think that uh, I would have quit a long time ago if it was more like selling vacuums door to door. Because because that that's not I, that kind of, of laborious um, sales is not something I've ever liked to do, but yeah, being able to essentially sell uh, a service that provides a solution uh, and helping to actually the best part about it is helping helping them learn what the problem is and what the tools are you can use to solve it and what the best way forward is. Uh, I do enjoy that that process as well. And then if you're remaining the project manager, you're still being creatively involved, aren't you? That may probably satisfy some of your design, whatever, design desires, if you want to call it that. It does, yeah. yeah. And the, the, I try not to be overbearing. Uh, the team is very tolerant to, of me coming in and talking over their shoulders. But, you know, a lot of times, you know, you know, our UX designer will have a, a question or ask for some advice or you know, Damien, our, our web designer, he may have uh, he may get uh, stumped on a particular section or feel like the flow is not there. So, you know, kind of looking over the shoulders and, and just providing my two cents. Yeah, it, it does definitely scratch scratch that itch. I can't actually spend that much time uh, on keyboards and mice anymore. I've my for twenty years, my wrists and, and shoulders can't really do it anymore. Um, so yeah, participating that way is fun. That, the, the part that I miss the most, actually, is the building. I always really enjoyed the development side. 
So a lot of the work that I do now is is the QA portion of the of the project, just sort of answering client questions and and creating solutions near the end when we're getting into the last little bits of nitty gritty before launching a site. So even even on that side, working with the developers to figure out what can and can't be done and how long it'll take and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I, I do get to feel like I'm still a big part of the process that way. So marketing and web design is always evolving. Is there anything in the last year or so that you've started using at uh, Forge and Smith? I, I always want to say Forge and Johnson. I <laughs> name always confused, always mixes me up. Uh, I've never been a name on the door kind of guy. Are there any sort of new tools or anything new to web development that you think is, is kind of cool? You know, it's funny. I say this to clients a lot. I mean, there was a period of time where technology was advancing uh, quickly, and it was just stumbling over itself all the time. But a lot of that browser and device um, issues, and um, you know, the technical platforms like the CMS that you use, or you know, the kind of HTML you use, those sorts of things. That that's kind of evened out. Um, it's continuing to improve, and and a lot of that is being driven. Um, with what search engines are looking for in terms of how a site is built. Um, so in terms of tools, I mean, uh, I would encourage anyone building websites to take um, uh, Google PageSpeed Insights or other tools like that fairly seriously. I mean, if you're running a CMS, it's difficult to get fantastic scores in it because it's it's what they're asking for would, would break something like WordPress in some cases. but. I mean, because technology technology is sort of plateaued and it's kind of gotten into sort of like a normal pace uh, of of iteration or or improvement. The, the area that we talk about a lot with clients or, or or with anybody is really paying more attention to users and how they consume or interact with content or brands online and how fast that's still evolving. Um, you know, user experience and content strategy are are the are the areas that we tend to really focus on right now. You know, uh, you can do all of the SEO and content marketing and PR and so- social amplification you want, but if all of that traffic is sending them to something that isn't there to convert or isn't optimizing the experience of the brand, you know, technology aside, um, then then you really are blunting your ability to be effective. So really using tools like Hotjar, for example, to... Um, track what mice and uh, what mice are doing on your screens. Where are they clicking? Where are they moving? Um, their mouse uh, can tell us a lot about what that interface is doing for the user. Are they clicking where they were expecting them to? Are they scrolling far enough down uh, the page? Or are they stopping too early? And, and other types of, of user testing tools um, that are available, paid or otherwise, uh, to really focus on are the assumptions that we're making through the design process actually happening? And are we paying attention to what actually is happening and continuing to iterate and, and evolve that, that interface to, to maximize conversion and engagement? A hot jar is something that you just naturally build into the back end of a site so people can go in and check the, the data or see how people are using their site like after the fact or at the end of the day or whatever? No, it's a, it's an add-on. So it's a little script you toss in. I think it actually has a WordPress plugin. I, I tend to just get one of the guys to throw the script in the footer properly. But essentially what you do is, is you know, every three months or so, if you wanted to run uh, a, a, I can't remember what, what word they use for it, basically run a test. Some user testing. 
a user test on some of your specific landing pages um, and then sort of review what they're doing. So they have two views. They have a click view and a, and a, and a tracking view so you can see where the mouse is going versus where it's clicking. So that's a that's a really great. So it's a, it's a, a third-party app that you just it, you throw a script on your site and it, it'll do that tracking for you. When you're looking at websites and good design, uh, what kind of things are you looking for? There are a couple things that you just go, wow, these guys have really, they've really nailed it as far as the web design and user experience is concerned. Yeah, there's two things that I'm looking for. Um, it's, it's flow. So as I move from top to the bottom of whatever page I'm on, am I given an opera? Is it easy for me to understand why I'm there, what I'm there for, and what can I do next? So that, that story flow from, from on the way down the page and specifically too when I get to the bottom of a scroll, you know, am I being presented with useful options or, or am I having to go back up and, and hunt around for what to do next? Um, the other thing that I'm looking for is um, space. Um, we don't want to overwhelm the users with a lot of cramped content or, or too much busyness. Uh, but we also don't want so much space that almost nothing is fitting on any given screen. So um, we want to try to find that balance so that there's some breathability to the content, some opportunity for me to um, to connect with with that interface, with that voice and tone that's there. And then just any any particular um, website or web experience that you land on is going to have an overall voice and tone. It's a almost a, a gut reaction to the brand itself, the colors, the topography that's there, the imagery that's been used, the words on the page, and what that's, what's that emoting to me or, or, or how it's connecting with me as an individual, as a consumer. Those are the things that I'm looking for, that, those sort of you know, visceral reactions to, to that experience as far as how that's connected to the brand and whether or not I want to continue engaging with it. So design in a lot of ways is secondary it's there to augment and support that experience it's not the purpose it's the, it's the structure and the story that's underneath that design that that's going to provide provide the access to the goals or the, the the how the site can perform or achieve its 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 uh, purpose yeah and that's what i've always liked about your branding and your website is i think you do exactly that i love the colors and i love the your logo and uh when when you said when you said the word tone, I think it really set your website does a great job of, of setting the tone. Like if I was looking for a web designer, and I was comparing your site with other sites, I I, I think I'd be drawn to you guys just because of the way your own your own website works. And and to me that's something else that's really important is that I want somebody you know if I'm looking at web a web potential web design company, I want them to be sort of living there and preaching their, you know, preaching and living their own message. And uh, I think you do, I think you guys do a really good job of that. It's a really nice, clean, simple site. I, I love, I, like I say, I love your branding and and colors and everything about it. Thank you. That, that, that site's on version 3.4, I think. Yeah. Uh, So we're, we're constantly tweaking and measuring and tweaking and measuring. It's actually one of the, um, little petri dishes of, of, of how we continue to learn and get better at what we do and apply that learning back to our clients. Good. Well, that's great. Some great information there, Sean. I really appreciate it. And there's some questions that we ask all of our guests, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump into those questions now. Sure. 
And uh, so just so you know, the answer to this first question just doesn't have to be jelly just because we're the Jelly Marketing Podcast. <laughs> you, you can answer this any way you want. But because we are the Jelly Marketing Podcast, what do you like to spread on your toast? I'm actually a peanut butter guy. Nice. <laughs> I like a good, natural, smooth peanut butter with a little bit of butter underneath it just for a little extra saltiness. And it's, if it's a nice hot toast, that peanut butter gets a little melted. And that, that's pretty much my favorite thing in the morning. <laughs> Sounds good. And what do you do to handle stress? Oh, <laughs> I read a lot. And uh, I, I do a bit of working out. I, I walk the dogs. But I, I mostly just, um, just kind of breathe through it. I find that having uh, some guidelines and some processes, even for myself, uh, kind of help manage the madness. And, uh, yeah, sort of focusing on my kids. So, you know, their activities and, and spending time with them um, really help kind of remind you that work is work and life is life. I noticed in your LinkedIn bio that you're a wannabe ninja and a burgeoning guitar god. Do you, That's right. Do you do some martial arts or are you trying to learn to play the guitar? No, so I, um, I took karate from the age of eight until uh, I was almost 30. So I've done... Uh, uh, a lot of karate. It's it's a little bit past me because the it's not quite as challenging anymore. Um, guitar is still something I, I tinker with. I've, I've got fat, meaty fingers, so um, <laughs> it's a bit of a challenge. But uh, um, yeah, I, I kind of stick with it. I'm I'm not Eddie Van Halen by any length of the imagination. <laughs> it's interesting you mentioned that. I watched this Facebook video last night, and it was uh, it was with Prince, and. He was playing uh, While My Guitar Gently Weeps, and I noticed how thin his fingers were. Yeah. But if you ever want to see an incredible guitar solo, <laughs> that he's amazing on that one. He's with yeah, Tom yeah. Petty and a couple other guys. It's, it's incredible. No, I'll look it up. <laughs> cool. And uh, are you an iPhone or an Android person? I'm an iPhone. I don't get Android. I've looked at it a bunch. I just don't get it. <laughs> it's too... It's too messy and formless for me. I like the structure of my phone, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. It's, it's, every time I look at an Android, I, it's you're right. It's the There's something about the iPhone design, isn't there? It's, it's got some rules, and it's consistent, and, and uh, you know, things things all work the same way, and there's some guidelines. I find any time I pick up an Android phone, it's a totally different beast from the last one I picked up. Do you have a favorite life or business hack to share? Is there some sort of shortcut or loophole that makes your life easier or better? I implemented a long time ago uh, to to our benefit, or to my benefit as well, uh, a very strict boundary between work and, and home. Um, so my job is nine to five and I'm here and I'm working my butt off and I stay really focused on my work from nine to five. But outside of that, on evenings and weekends, I have a very strict policy of not checking email and not doing anything work-related outside of the odd networking event that's for fun. And so, uh, you know, that I think really provides uh, a lot of a lot of balance that allows life to be life and, and work to be work without having that kind of bleed all over each other and, and get confused so that you're just always stressed and always on. There's nothing that can't wait till tomorrow. Good for you. I bet your spouse and your kids uh, really appreciate that. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's hard to pick because there's so many great causes out there. 
Um, but is there a cause or a nonprofit that's near and dear to you? Uh, we're very proud of the work that we did with the Greater Vancouver Food Bank last year. We continue to support them. You know, hunger is something that is just so easily dealt with, and it's just such a shame that even in 2016, in a place like Vancouver, there's still people struggling to get food, um, particularly kids. So, And the thing a lot of people don't realize is they need food all year long, not just at Christmas. So, you know, it's something they struggle with in the summertime. So, yeah, uh, I would say, you know, outside of, of things like uh, animal rights and things like that and, and a lot of the, um, you know, protecting the environment stuff that I care about, we are quite proud of the work that we've done and continue to do with the, with the Greater Vancouver Food Bank. It's kind of surprising sometimes the people that end up there, isn't it? Like they're sometimes hardworking people or somehow they've lost their job or ended up bankrupt or their company's gone belly up or something. Um, it's not... You know, it's not the typical person that you might expect who's using the food. There's both, right? There's people that are really uh, need it because of their on, you know, kind of lifelong poverty. But there's also people that are uh, just kind of down on temporarily down on their luck. And they yeah, well, there's help. a lot of that. They're just they're yeah. dipping for the support for a little while, and they they just need a bit of help to 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 get it sorted out and get and get back moving again. And there's there's a lot of that. Uh, a lot of what they see too are you know divorces. And you've got you know single moms and a, and a or a single parent with the other parent not doing their part and, and they just get into a bit of trouble and yeah it, it happens happens all the time. Well, some great information. Thank you for taking the time to do this, Sean. And uh, like I said, I just really appreciate uh, what you do and and I love your work. And uh, how can, how can people reach out to you? Uh, they can always get to us uh, through the website. Uh, my email is actually on the contact page as well as an alternative. Uh, I read Twitter. Pretty much all the time. It's my 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 evening uh, chill out and just checking uh, what happened up throughout the day. So you can always get to me through through Twitter at uh, Sean Johnston. Great, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. You can fly When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.